available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things <laughs> Pac-12 football. Yes. Pac-12 football. We are in the house talking Pac-12 football. It's a Wednesday, just I know a random day. I'm going to Catalina tomorrow, so we like, oh, let's do a show. We sort of like kicked around not doing a show, but we knew you guys would just be all over us on the Twitters and stuff. So we're here doing a show live in studio. We are on our YouTube channel over to Podcast of Champions, Pac-12 Podcast. Make sure you check it out. If you're watching it live or on replay, we thank you very much for doing that. We're inching closer to 1,000 subscribers over there on the YouTube channel, so please do that. Smash the like, smash the subscribe. We appreciate that. Anyone in the chat right now, we'll get to your comments and questions and all that, uh, so we appreciate you coming along with us live. It's noon on Wednesday, if you're listening to this some other time. So I just scarfed down some cold pizza, delivered my meals on wheels. David rolls in here, you know, whatever he does. I don't know, I don't know what he does all day. But And then we're here to talk some Pac-12 football, Dave. Are we? Yeah. We got we got spring games. Ah, we got spring games to talk about. Who knew? Yeah, uh, we got some exciting things going on over in the world of Colorado football. The transfer portal's open, um, so we're going to talk about all that and uh, wide open. It's gaping. And uh, it's funny. Our my buddy Ari Wasserman over at the Athletic had an interesting story about who develops the five stars and four stars and three stars the best in college. So we'll kind of like, some Pac twelve schools were mentioned. It, so we'll kind of. Briefly touch on that, too. But if you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us, Pac-12Podcast, at gmail.com. You can call or text us at 424-532-0678. And you can also tweet us at Pac-12Podcast. And the website is Pac-12Podcast.com. It's pretty simple. Go check it out. All of our content there. We're over on Reddit. And, of course, the Apple Podcasting app, where we all love you to go there. Leave us a five-star review. Trash us, but just leave us those five stars. And we love it. Do we have any new ones, David? God, no. No. That's good. Everyone's a failure. Every single one of you uh, listening out there in the uh, universe, you've all failed wow. in your mission. Um, I mean, I, I think so. Right now, we've got 13 people watching this, right? Uh, uh, let me look. That's what it says. Okay, cool. So those 13 people, that's the hardcore. That is the, uh, you know, they are the the ones who would like throw themselves on our funeral pyre. Gotcha. Um, create some new usernames, okay? <laughs> we need some more reviews. All right, you Get 13, you 12, we lost one, you 12. <laughs> Get in there and make some more reviews, okay? Nice. Uh, we would love that. Uh, we appreciate that, uh, growing the show. We're uh, trucking forward. It's going to be kind of a long off season, but we do have, like I mentioned, uh, spring games. Spring's wrapping up for different programs. So today we have uh, Arizona, Cal, and USC. I was at the USC spring game. David asked me, did I watch these spring games? And uh, I have not. I have notes. 
But I didn't watch them. I got some watch some highlights, which I'm sure you did. What are you good for on this show? I know. Uh, well, I got rid of the sling. I don't have the Pac-12 network anymore, but I do have a login, a media login. But it's I can't like record them and watch them on demand. Like I don't think there's a way to do that. Yeah, but I remember a day not too distant not in the past ago. when you planned your entire April around watching spring games. There were no True. trips to Catalina. There was mm-hmm. no... Uh, I'm going out to the desert for four days uh, mm. to go on a spiritual journey with some mescaline. No, uh-huh. no, it was Saturday three o'clock. I'm watching Utah's spring game. Mm. Next Sunday four o'clock. I'm watching Colorado's spring game, and that was what you planned. That was your day. That was. And, and so many things have changed. Your seriousness with the league has fallen apart in line with the school you covers. <laughs> Um, it is uh, disconcerting, disappointing, and uh, I'm dejected to still be a part of this podcast. Well, I mean, I've never really encouraged to watch spring games. I think I was probably discouraged from watching spring games. So now for I can't, me to not I watch can't, them, I can't speak to what happened in the past. Well, so if you're going to discourage somebody from doing something, then bitch about them not doing it. It's kind of, I don't know, counterproductive, counterintuitive. Maybe you should just stick to your guns. <laughs> Yes. You've got something you enjoy. You've got something that gives you pleasure. Uh, Stick with it. I do love me some spring. Um, Who doesn't? I want to check it out. I didn't even get to watch the USC spring game on Pac-12 Network because I was looking through. Maybe they replay. I don't know. Maybe they'll replay it on Saturday or something, but I just didn't see it. It wasn't really super easy. You know Um, how I know it's spring? How do you know? I popped my first Claritin two days ago. Oh. Yeah. You're a big allergy guy? I wasn't before I moved to Georgia. And then I moved to Georgia, and I came back, and uh, every, um, uh, I don't know, histamine in my body decides to go apeshit uh, mm. starting in mid-April every year. So now you need to anti-up those histamines. Yeah, I got to anti those hip- histamines. I got to fight the histamines. And in fighting the histamines, I I almost fell asleep behind the wheel yesterday. Wow. Yeah. 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 No, there was some fatigue behind those eyes. You know what I forgot to do? What? I forgot to turn on the lights. Yeah, uh, no, we're in the dark here. Everyone looks at I'm David. in the dark here. Look at David. So David, talk for a second. That was a little Al Pacino from uh, Scent of a Woman. Um, one of the best monologues in film history uh, where it's um, he's he's uh, he's supporting uh, Chris O'Donnell in the the courtroom of Baird uh, Baird School. And uh, that's where he goes. If I was the man I were. Ten years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place, and it's just like the the changing levels, um, mm. just truly otherworldly. That's just like what you do, just to make it hard for me to to edit the uh, audio when we put it up on the podcast. You like doing that, yeah, yeah. Speaking like this, and then talking really loud and really close to the microphone, and it's true, yeah, it's true. But uh, on YouTube, do we look much better now with the lights on? Hopefully that helps. Ooh, I can't imagine my that's shiny. true. Yeah, no, little shiny. Check out my five head. See how it's going. Uh, yeah, how's the hairline coming? <sighs> it's going. It's going. I keep, my, I keep getting more gray. Yeah. A lot of gray. I a, lot, a, a bunch of hair, but it's gray. I got to get a haircut mm. so people can see my hairline a little bit better. Do you stress like when you, you might just lose hairs forever like every time you get a haircut? No. My, <laughs> well, I, I, why, it, it, whether I stress <laughs> about that or not, that's that's happening. Um, no, I... Uh, I don't stress about it. My dad was a classic runway guy. He had the full mm. runway and then the ridge of hair in perpetuity. Gotcha. That's probably where I'm headed. Um, but uh, we've got this, again, this isolated army here at the uh, peak. 
and we just got to cut them off and kill them. And once that <laughs> happens, um, things can continue apace. Right. Well, speaking of your hair, but there are some there are some holdouts. There are some stalwarts. Okay. A stalwart defense. They're they're holding out. Yeah, yeah. Technology's changing, man. You can get like plugs and stuff. Don't, I, I don't know. Come on. No, you're not. Come doing. on. What kind of game is this? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, speaking of, I've thought about your hair. Oh, thank to you. To be honest, while uh, I was checking this out. Arizona Wildcats. Wow. Them Wildcats. Yeah, yeah. Jed Fish. Yeah. The fish heads over there. Tucson. Yep. Beautiful place. Play golf mm. there. <laughs> Beautiful. But basketball program, second to none of the Pac-12. Bleak. For sure. Bleak's We're not B here word. to talk basketball, but I mean, the, obviously the blue Baron? blood. The Baron's blue blood another, in the Pac-12 for basketball. Another B word. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're my daughter who's still mixing up her B and D's, uh, desolate, also another potential B word. Okay. <laughs> you just flip them around. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Brendan Carroll, who I remember covering back in his USC days, he's got like a David Woods epic, glorious beard going mm. on. He has a great beard. There's like fullness, there's length, like. Check it out. I should have got a picture of it. But Body and length. That's what you're looking for. That's, I mean, it was like, I thought of you. I thought, I'm like, these guys are like soulmates. So bearded yep. soulmates. Uh, but yeah, but Arizona had their spring game over the weekend. Uh, brought a bunch of uh, alumni. I think there was like over 100, no, 200, like football alumni that came out for this. But Rob Gronkowski, you might have heard of him. Gronk was there. Chris McAllister. A uh, bunch of dudes. Uh, they all came back to the desert. Checking it out. Um, they had some weird sort of scoring system. We have a comment in the uh, Greg in the in the chat does not uh, think highly of Tucson. No, so, no, he uh, certainly doesn't. I'm not going to say read what he said, but I put it up on the screen for you so you guys can read it. Uh, Greg, not a fan of the Tucson area. Hellman, apparently. the uh, the other brand of mayonnaise, the second one. Is that a Tucson? No, just uh, that's his last name. The commenter. Oh, right. yeah. I like that. Yeah, uh, the other brand of mayonnaise. Yep. So they had some kind of weird scoring system. They let other players kick or do like other jobs. So I guess Jaden Delora had a PAT, which was worth like a bunch of points or something. Uh, but Jacob Cowing, the one guy that Jaden Delora didn't punch last year, you know, he's really good. Um, he was back doing stuff. Apparently the running back depth is great. You got Michael Wiley there, but a bunch of couple freshmen coming in that looked really good. Um, Brandon Carroll, I mentioned, has an epic beard. Apparently, Cowling and Delora are just on a you know the same page. They've been connecting really well. Uh, they had the whole water balloon thing and squirt guns going off, you know, because it's it's hot out there in the desert. Um, Fish said that they came out of spring ball really healthy. Expects like a full the full squad to be ready uh, for fall camp. So they seem like you know things going the right direction. And and Jade and Delora, you know, make we make little jokes about the whole Dorian Singer Delora like scuffle or whatever, but. Uh, apparently, you know, the maturity level has gone up. You know, it's his second year there going through spring ball, and he just felt more comfortable and being a better leader and all that. So, I mean, we were excited when Fish came in, but it seems like, you know, they're doing the right things and putting the pieces in place, and we'll see. I mean, they've, they've got enough talent. Uh, the offense could be really good. He, th he thinks the defense uh, made some big strides. Um, I mean, if you have a decent defense, we know they can score. I mean, this could be, a, you know, a real kind of team, but – um, if you're believing in the whole progression thing, which it seems like that's the way things are going. I don't know what your thoughts on it, but it seems like things are going the right direction in Tucson. Yeah, I mean, you can't really assess a trend with two data points. Um, you know, you need you need some middle positions. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they got a lot better last year than they were the year before with the talent infusion. If you anticipate a little bit of player development, um, 
and that includes Delora. Not from, I mean, the maturity is one thing, but um, the maturity in terms of his interpersonal relationships, but the maturity on the field is the critical piece because, I mean, the highs and lows for him emotionally really did dictate a lot for what what they were actually producing offensively. Yeah. Um, like, he went through periods where, like, oh, I'm not going to run, I'm just going to throw, and, and uh, seemed to be in his own head a lot. Uh, so if he can get out of that and, you know, we've seen that from a lot of quarterbacks over the years, um, for UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson famously, um, you know, the last couple of years got a lot better yeah. as he got a little bit more comfortable, um, you know, being the head guy for a college football team. Uh, he kicked the ball less for sure, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, Just to boot it around, remember, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Delora, uh, if Delora can get there, that'd be huge. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'm still skeptical of the defense, um, but, you know, Jed Fish is talking a happy game, so that's nice. We love that. Uh, but they need to get a ton better defensively. They have to, but I think if they get, like, decently better, which, it, you know, just from hearing Fish talk, it seems like that's the way they were going. You know, they got some better players and all that. Is and Johnny Nansen still their defensive coordinator? Uh, I believe so, right? Okay. Oh, is that, is that your little shot? Yeah. Not that little, I guess. It's but not yeah. a little shot. That's a big shot. That's yeah. a big problem. Um, yeah, and I don't know, though. Like, is Brennan Carroll, like, a great offensive coordinator? I don't know. He does have a great beard. So, um, but, you know, they they got talent. Uh, they you know, they always seem to have a big, a good group of running backs, and they can run the ball. Um, but you'd love to pair that with a decent defense, so. Is the defense going to be decent? Um, you just got to get some stops. You know, it's like sometimes. Yeah. When you just go, some stops. What's a stop? I, I mean, mean, it doesn't. You can get a stop. Can't you get a stop? You got to get some stop. Like, offense are going to score. You know what bad defenses uh, don't do? Stops. They don't get stops. Yeah, ever. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like ever. Like, you're not. You're going to give up points. But it's just if you just go through these stretches where it's just like, it doesn't matter what the offense does. They're going to score. Like, you got to you got to put up some resistance. You know, force a turnover. Some get call a, them stretches, some call them full seasons of uh, giving <laughs> up points every single time the offense has the ball. Yeah. Uh, and there were, so to be fair to Arizona, there were about five defenses in the league last year who were all kind of the same level of porous dog shit. Yeah. Uh, but Arizona was among them. Oh, they were. And uh, that's the goal. It's, uh, as Ryan says, stops. I say, <laughs> don't be porous dog shit. Um, same. It's one thing to get a stop. It's another thing, like, even if you can just make them work kind of hard to get their three right. to seven points, yes. um, don't be porous dog shit. I like it. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of hope and optimism in spring ball. But we had, a, there was excitement, you know, around when Fish came in. I think he turned, you know, remember how bad they were. I think he turned things around and you want to see that progression. Can they make a jump and you know, they got to be a bowl team this year, right? Like that's what you want to see, you know, and you know, we'll see, but that's, you want to be there. You want the, the seven and five team them? You think they can do something like that, David? That was such a glorious encapsulation of spring, by the way, it was, you know, they need to be a, they need to be a bowl team this year and, and we'll see. And uh, we learned nothing from spring about that pursuit. Um, and what so we here we spring? are. Um, but yeah, I mean, so if you, the thing is, it's all so much of it is schedule dependent. Um, and so for Arizona, what that entails is uh, Northern Arizona, uh, Mississippi State, and UTEP in the non conference. Yeah, so uh, you got two and one. That should be two and one. Maybe no question about it. Mississippi State's on the road, so two and one. 
Okay. Um, and then in conference play, they don't get Washington State. They get Washington. That's not good. That's not great. Uh, they don't get Cal. They get Stanford, which is probably fine. Yeah. I mean, I think Cal's going to be better than Stanford. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, yeah. Uh, if they've continued to make improvements, they should go 7-5-ish. and five-ish. The uh, problem is, like, you got, like, a uprising Arizona State squad, and Arizona won the Territorial Cup last mm-hmm. year, right? You have an uprising in – I don't want to say uprising, but anyway, they're on an upward trajectory in Colorado – some people really some tough. people use the word improving. They would improve. Yeah. So like the teams that are sort of beatable in the South are also in your you're getting better, but you're like in year three of getting better and they're like in year one. So you should have a lead on those teams, right? If you can yeah. beat Colorado and you can beat Arizona State, you can beat Stanford, like, okay, now you're looking at make it a bowl game, you know, get a win here or there. Um but I don't want to see this team be like four and eight, five and seven. They they need to be better than that. Yeah, I mean the the mix of of games at home, games on the road. I don't. It doesn't look super great. great for them okay. uh, because they get the weaker opponents that you would anticipate uh, Arizona having a pretty good chance with. But they're they're on the road mostly. So Colorado and ASU, they're both road games yeah. too. On top of everything else, you flip those to home games, and I'd probably say yeah, okay, seven and five. Fact that the road, um, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, well, like, and Washington State—that's also a road game. That's oh, tough. Wait, they have. I thought you said they have Washington, not Washington. They State. have Washington. Oh, they have Washington and Washington State. What are they missing? They're missing Oregon. Oh, okay. So yeah. missing Oregon's not yeah. bad. Uh, missing Cal's not good. But it's that kind of attention to detail that you're looking for from the podcast of champions, right? Uh, missing Oregon, good. Missing Cal, not good. Yeah. Um, uh, same basic deal. Who gives a shit? But uh, and. I, I mean, so Jay Delora, if you remember, he played at Washington State. Probably be motivated. I don't remember if they played last year, but he'd probably be motivated to play the Cougars, right? And I'm sure he wouldn't blow up or anything. No, no, certainly not. Certainly not. He's he's been very good in that situation in the past. But I think that like you get to play him again, and maybe this time around, there's the emotions will be more in check, and the motivation will be higher. I don't know, like something like that. But I mean, that's a winnable game, right? You know, Stanford's certainly a winnable game. Um, You want you got to beat Arizona State. And, and Colorado, right? Because, you know, Utah is going to be hard. You know, maybe a UCLA. I don't know. But that's going to be tough, too. Uh, they got UCLA at home, right? Uh, yeah, they have UCLA at home. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, there's a path is there. But I think it starts with beating those two, the two up-and-coming teams, like, in your division that just, you know, got new coaching staffs. So where there's a lot of excitement, just like there was when Fish was hired. But you got a couple of your head start on them. So. Well, it won't, it won't start there. Certainly shouldn't start there because those are two of the last three games of the year for them. Oh, crap. Okay. Well, you yeah. can get two, two in there. Uh, we have some uh, breaking news. And we're going to get to some of this Colorado transfer portal stuff because that's like breaking as we, as, you know, every second goes by. But your buddy Greg in the chat says, Hellman's Mayo, east of the Rockies, Best Foods Mayo, west of the Rockies. Same company. So apparently it's like a Hardee's and Carl's Jr. thing. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, I knew you would like Same that. color dynamic, so it makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, it's Best Foods here. Best Foods. I assumed they were two different companies. They're Hardee's and Carl's Jr. is a very interesting thing because... I don't uh, know that one. I don't yeah, know the story. Yeah, so it's... I don't know it fully either, but I'm going to talk about it as if I do. Uh, one was purchased by the other, and there was some weird brand name thing where they had to keep the brand. And Hardee's does not serve the exact same food as Carl's Jr. either. It doesn't. No, it's different. 
Ah. Uh, there's some differences. So, I don't know. But uh, Hellman's and uh, Best Foods, apparently the same mayo. It's sort of like the Girl Scout cookie thing, actually. Remember how there's like two different bakeries and one produces them for like this section of the country and another oh, produces them yeah. for like the south and the east? I just don't understand why they're like $6 a box now or whatever they are. Yeah, like they've really gone up in price, man. It's like pretty crazy. There's like yeah. less cookies and more more price. Yeah, yeah. No, fewer cookies per box. I know. It's a bunch of bullshit if you ask me. Uh, you have a fan in the chat, I think. Who's my fan? Uh, oh, it, Hector. His name is Hector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David is ungrateful. And bossy, everyone unsub from YouTube as punishment. Now, Hector, I don't know what you think about me, but that would be me as well. And we get zeros of dollars for, you know, we're just trying to like grow the channel. So I don't know if that would be a real punishment. I don't think Dave would lose any sleep. Actually, the punishment would be if you had subscribed. I think that would be the biggest punishment for Dave. Yeah, because that would mean Ryan would force me to keep doing this. <laughs> uh, no, Hector, we love you. Your opinion is, you know your opinion is, is, is valid. No, no, no. But Hector, could you please put this into a five star review? Uh, oh, on yes. Apple Podcasts. We will read it. You know Leave where this. Five... You know where this is supposed to go, Hector. Leave you... us a five star review. Yeah. Uh, and then you can trash us, and we will read it all because uh, it's great. Let's go to. We got another spring game. California Golden Bears. Mm. Mm. We mentioned Cal. You did. Uh, I think so. If you remember last year. There were some people that were not bullish on Cal. I was kind of like, oh, they'll be like a, you know, five and seven, six and six, I think. I think I predicted six and six or something. And they ended up being worse than that. Were they four and eight last year? Or is that, um, you know, they're only, you know, they, Colorado's only win was against Cal, which yep. is pretty, uh, pretty pathetic. But Justin Wilcox is still there. Um, they completely changed the offense. So they got Jake Spivital in there and they're calling it. And I don't want I'm not like explosive was the word that was used. Stop it. High energy. Stop it. Up tempo. Stop it. I'm saying that's the words that were used All right, but, to describe hang California. On, hang on. Do we need to stretch back offense. to the beginning of the jo- Justin Wilcox era? Remember when he had like Bo Baldwin and we were all saying, oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be up tempo. It's going to be assist. And it's just the same dreck. Yeah. No matter what. And he's Bo Baldwin's de- at Arizona State now, right? Yeah, but but our our man Justin Wilcox is a defense first head coach, and he yeah. is going to hammer the defense. And they're not going to go up tempo because he doesn't want his defensive numbers to look shitty. Because he's got to get a power five defensive coordinator job after he gets fired at Cal, and he needs. But his to defensive keep- coordinators are really bad. Like, I mean, his defensive his defensive have been bad, so you might as well go. His defenses haven't been bad. Last year was not very good, but before right. that, his defenses were pretty good. No, he's got to keep the the offense in check. He's got to keep it kind of shitty and slow so that his defense looks better. Okay. So that he can then get a power five defensive coordinator okay. job when he inevitably gets fired. To be fair, he's done most of the places he's been, he's been good. Like he, when he was, what was he, at Wisconsin, I think he was a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. I think he was good there. Um, I mean, he was bad at USC, mm-hmm. and he's been bad at Cal. But most of the other places, you're like, <laughs> he's been good, right? <laughs> was he at Washington? I can't remember where he was, but he's done a good job, I think. A bunch of his jobs, he's been like, you'd say, oh, that was good. I mean, that's why he got the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Um, well said. He's been bad at other places, too. Hector says that you have simultaneously excellent and oh, – wait, hold on. Herocious takes on movies. How many times do we have to go through the spelling of herocious? I don't know. I have it on the the board here as H O R O C I O U S. Is that how you would spell? I it? would go two R's, but 
But okay. I can't remember if that's how I did it originally. I think I put it here because of what you said. So I don't know. Um, he loved your solid scent of a woman uh, take back there. So um, Jesse uh, Wilson says, um, I love Justin Wilcox as a defensive coordinator. He was great at Washington. Yeah. So I, I remember that. He was uh, great at Washington. Mm-hmm. If I remember something, it's a pretty big accomplishment. So just like I'm saying. No, that but was the one you have at- remembered. Well, I mean, I thought it was good there. Uh, Where are we? <laughs> Greg says, Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson is the transfer from TCU. Uh, so Sam Jackson. Yeah. He's Sam Jackson the fifth. Yeah, I like the V. Is he Is he Samuel? That's a lot of kids. Is, is there an L in there? We all got to know. I don't know. I don't think so. Sam Jackson. Uh, Cal is playing a, nor- a road game at North Texas, and I have no idea why, Greg, we're putting that in the chat. So that's one of their out-of-conference games. It's like, hey, North Texas. Yeah, we'll go there. Where is North Texas? Don't uh, be stupid. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Oklahoma? Oh, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, that's north of Texas, right? Uh, University <laughs> of North Texas is in Denton, Oh, Texas. Duh. Yeah. Obviously, Denton. I mean, I... I summer in Denton. Where the fuck is Denton? Oh, I know where Denton is. You know where Denton, Denton is? It's in northern North, Texas. Yeah, I was say. <laughs> but yeah, Sam Jackson there. Uh, apparently, run the ball pretty good. Some good throws. Um, I mean, Wilcox himself said up tempo. We're gonna do. I saw his pre like spring game interview and post game and post whatever spring game interview. Um, I just did a jerking off motion, but I don't know if it got caught on camera. I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't get to see it because I was looking at my camera. But, yes, uh, way, way to do that to the side of me. Um, they got a Florida transfer, uh, David Reese, on the defensive line, who had a pretty big spring game. I think he had a sack and a fourth down stop. A uh, bunch of new faces. Um, he says he likes this the the style of play that they have on offense. So he's going against what you are saying he wants to do. Um, he felt that they made some big games in a really short amount of time. And the offense scored six touchdowns. I think four of those were in like red zone situations, but still, that's a lot of touch. I mean, that's like a month's worth of Cal touchdowns. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And they're probably going to add a bunch more players uh, now that the portal window is open. And we'll, we'll talk about the portal in a bit, but they did they did bring in like an all conference uh, defensive back from the Mountain West. But um, yeah, I mean, just Justin Wilcox, does he give you a whole lot of confidence that they're going to turn things around? You know, probably not. But I feel a little more optimistic just kind of listening to him and, and seeing some of the stuff that was going on there. You know? You're like a newborn baby. I'm just like, I'm just I'm <laughs> willing just, to accept. Oh, I heard him talk and boy, howdy. What He's a talker. What a handsome fella. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, they're going to lose a lot of games. Uh, they're going to probably lose to North Texas. They'll probably lose to Auburn at home. Uh, Idaho, they'll beat. They'll probably lose to Washington. Uh, they might be ASU. They'll probably lose to Oregon State. They'll probably lose to Utah. They'll probably lose to USC. They'll lose to Oregon. They might beat Washington State. They might beat Stanford, and they'll probably lose to UCLA. So I don't know. Three and nine, four and eight. Man, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if they can. Uh, if he can turn some things around nope. there. But... Nope, he can't. They're gonna lose, and then they should have fired him <sighs> the last problem, year. Yeah, that's that's the problem, right? Like if they don't make a bowl game, then you're going to be like, well, why did you keep him around another year? Like you're going to shuffle in another offensive coordinator and guys in the portal and stuff, just trying to like, trying to make it work somehow. I mean, Cal did fire their basketball coach, but it seemed like super reluctantly, right? Yeah. But they're at least like 
showing signs of like wanting to be like mildly serious about sports. So unlike Stanford. Yeah, they did not. Um, I mean, but Cal like almost gave you no choice, right? It was one of like, it was comparable to like the Colorado football season, how bad their basketball season true, was, right? True, true, true. Uh, so we'll see the, the not firing Wilcox after last season was a, um, in and itself, uh, a fireable offense for the 80. Mm. I, no, I, I agree with you there. Uh, all right. So little optimism for Cal. I just don't, I, I think I felt you kind of react to what you last year. I sort of was like, yeah, I think Cal will be all right. You know, like they'll be like, they'll win some games, they'll lose some games and they just losing the Colorado sort of like shut me down. Like, okay, I can't really be optimistic coming into this season when we do our, Oh, pre- you mean when, when Cal lost to the worst college football team in history, in history. Yes. Yeah. Like that was just like, come on dudes. Like th- no, like, so am I going to think Stanford's going to be any good this year? No. Am I think Cal's going to be any good this year? No. It might be a little more interesting if they do have sort of a fun offense, but it's usually sort of going to be like a half-assed fun offense. And then, the defense will suffer. It's like the the gains you make from like being a little more open on offense probably are hurting the defense more than. So I, that's sort of where I'm I'm going with with this Cal team. But you know, I'd rather I'd, I'd like to see them turn things around. But I got sort of burned a little bit last year. Not that I was high on Cal, but I just wasn't like Cal's going to be just god awful, and they were pretty god awful. So yeah, uh, the last team that had a spring game, USC Trojans. Uh, I was out there. Uh, they had like 25,000 people. It was okay. Like they didn't have as many people as they did last year. Um, they had a Heisman trophy ceremony at halftime where the school was presented, uh, the, the trophy. So that was kind of cool. It was pretty short. They did two 15 minute, uh, halves essentially. So it was kind of like two quarters of football. We saw one series of Caleb Williams. He was like two for two, 55 yards touchdown. And they just stopped. He didn't play again. Um, but yeah, like you saw, you could see like there was better personnel on defense. Um, the passing game really wasn't that great outside of what Caleb Williams did. So, you know, they had a couple interceptions. Jacoby Covington, the former Washington uh, Husky, had two picks. Um, they had one, it looked like Miller Moss threw a touchdown pass to Dorian Singer, the former Arizona wide receiver. They called it a touchdown. They give the USC offensive points. But Jacoby Covington had, had the ball in the end zone. And like five minutes later, they make an announcement like, Oh, uh, Jacoby Covington intercepted that ball on review. So we're going to give the defense points like, okay, but they kept the offensive points. Like they had both had scored, like it's a touchdown and a pick. And then they eventually took the points away. So the defense won, um, the run game looked good. They, you know, they bring in, um, Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina. He only had like one touch. It was like a 24 yard catch and run. He looked really good. They have two freshmen from Texas that, both of them averaged 10 yards a carry and both had a touchdown. They were kind of the workhorse guys. Austin Jones touched it once. He had a 20-yard run. I think their run game is going to be good, but it made the, the run defense look pretty, pretty porous. You know, Does it, you, What's the takeaways? I don't know. It's hard to say. But I think defensively, they have a lot better personnel. Um, they're bringing in – they brought in a bunch of dudes. Like the three guys they brought in from Arizona – like all look good. We haven't seen much of Christian Roland Wallace, the cornerback, but Singer looks really good. Keon Bars looks really good. Um, but yeah, so I think they've upgraded personnel on defense. And just like you said, with Arizona, they need to get better on defense. They were putrid last year. They're better. They're going to have better players. Will they be a better defense? Like who's, who's their defensive coordinator? They they changed the guy, right? They changed nobody. 
Oh. The, the staff is exactly the same. Interesting. Alex Grinch is still a defense Interesting. Yes. Interesting. And, so. and he was dog shit, right? <laughs> the defense in general was... Wait, uh, hang on, hang on. Uh, since his one year at Washington State, he's been dog shit basically every single season. Is that correct? I think he did okay at check, Ohio State. I gotta check my numbers. At Ohio State, I thought he oh, did Oh, no, right. no, I just looked it up. He's been dog shit every <laughs> single season. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I don't know, but it was... You know, it was fine. Like they, like Arizona, like they. Surely, came up. Lincoln Riley has paired his offense with a good defense at some point in his in his run, right, as a head coach. Mm, I mean, define good. Uh, you know, I don't know, top fifty. They might have like one or, I don't know, but not often. <laughs> it's not like a common thing. But their offense is probably going to be like ridiculous. You know. Oh, is it going to get much better than the best offense in the country? Like what they were last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be. Hey, but they've added uh, where they really needed help. They've added Cliff Kingsbury as quarterbacks coach because you know who really needed some help? Caleb Caleb Williams. Williams. (laughs) You know what really needed a boost from an NFL head coach? The offense. Right. Really needed that. They added um, uh, Greg Brown, who's been a longtime defensive guy, sort Uh of like an analyst, but not the same kind of name power as a Kingsbury. They did need him. So they lost a GA and they lost like an offensive analyst. Like the people that actually worked behind the scenes with Caleb, Mm -hmm. they lost those guys. So having someone like Kingsbury will probably help. I'm not going to do it again, but I'm making a jerking off motion in my mind. Nice. Uh, I mean, Caleb Williams, if he stays healthy, they can do some pretty amazing stuff. So we'll see. Uh, but just how much how much better does the defense get? They've definitely got better personnel. Um, you know, like you add like an all conference linebacker and Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State, uh, a bunch of different defensive linemen, and they're they're in. We'll talk about the portal in a minute. They're in for uh, Bear Alexander. They're in the running for him, the defensive five former five star from uh, Georgia. So we will see what goes on over there. But yeah, overall it was fine. Like I mean, just kind of looked. Just to get to see like what it would kind of look like, you could see the the, the personnel is definitely better in year two. You know, will the defense? I think the defense has to be significantly better for them to make a you know win the Pac-12 championship. But maybe not significantly better, but it's, it's got to be better than what it was last year. I mean, it's got to be top sixty. Yeah, I would think so. They're like in the hundreds, right? So you got to be like, yeah. Then you can potentially win. But the whole they could be a better team than last year and have even a little worse record because their schedule is harder. You play Washington, you play Oregon. Um, but yeah, but they're going to be, there's just going to be tough just because of the, if Williams stays healthy, like they're just going to be tough to beat because man, that guy, they, I mean, they really didn't lose if he wasn't hurt, you know? So it was just sort of like, it's just one of those things. But yeah, we'll see. But the defense has got to get better to take some pressure off him. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got to talk about the transfer portal a little bit. Um, I just got an email from uh, our buddy Adam Munster Tiger. So Colorado had added, so the portal opened uh, on Saturday and it's open for till the end of the month. And that doesn't mean you have to like pick your school. It's just that you can enter the portal. It's not been overall like as big as uh, some of the other windows have been. And before there weren't even windows, but like post spring, there wasn't this, you know, like thousand dudes didn't enter uh, on Saturday or over the weekend, but you know, some, some significant names in the pack 12, like the name you got to look at the most is Colorado Buffalo. Cause it's just crazy. Like I was doing this last night and I'm like, 
nine guys are already in the portal for Colorado, and they, their spring games this weekend. They haven't finished spring. And by this morning, it was 12, and it might be different now. Um, they did add a couple of players. Um, uh, they added a wide receiver that was originally at Jackson State and then a uh, Minnesota edge rusher. Um, you know, they had a guy this morning, uh, Naeem Rodman, who had like, he's a defensive lineman who had like 17 starts, played in like 30 something games. He went in this morning. Um, I, I asked Adam like, Hey, what's going on? He said, so they're actually up to 12 guys. Now I think they've added 42 total since, uh, so 42 new dudes from, uh, the time coach prime was in, but he wrote and said, a dozen players were in Colorado's initial spring roster have entered the transfer portal since Saturday. And the Buffaloes will still need uh, more attrition to get under the 85 number and below it in order to bring in the transfers as the roster, uh, as the roster overhaul in Boulder continues uh, in Boulder continues under Deion Sanders. Most of the defections would be views, viewed as good attrition. There's some talented defensive backs leading Colorado's program. Most notably uh, Nico Reed, who's a returner and uh, corner. He was among the Buffalo's most electric players in uh, late 2021 and through the 2022 campaign, he was also one of the few players that played above average for the Buffaloes last season. His interception while stripping the ball away from Brendan Rice in the Coliseum was one of Colorado's top defensive highlights of the season. I would imagine Reed will land at another Power 5 program, and I could even see him having a Makai Blackman type of season. I thought Blackman and Reed were very similar in terms of their talent level, shown as sophomores at Colorado. Versatile defensive back uh, Simon Harris and the defensive safety uh, Dylan Dixon were also good players, but Coach Prime staff has brought in a lot of talent in the secondary, so it would have to be tough for him for them to get on the field this fall. Uh, and Aim Rodman uh, would have been a nice depth piece in the interior of the defensive line, but most of these players uh, needed to move on because they weren't going to have a permanent role, a prominent role going forward at Colorado. Um, Colorado is also down to five scholarship defensive linemen going into the spring game. So uh, it sounds like this is all part of the plan, David, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of movement in Boulder. Yeah. And it needed to happen uh, if they wanted to do a quick turnaround, which it appears Deion Sanders wants to do. Yes. Um, so it all makes sense. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody in the Colorado community because I think this is something uh, Munster Tiger's been saying is going to happen for a long time, which is a ton of attrition. Um, yeah, because they came into spring with like it was over ninety guys on scholarship. I think because you can yeah. you can be a little bloated in spring because you don't have to get under the count until the season starts. Um, so yeah, I mean they're uh, they're doing uh, kind of the way big boy football happens now, but in the transfer portal era, it's a little bit more um, palatable um, because the guys can find new homes a lot easier and play immediately eligible. Um, so yeah, all to the good. Yeah. They would say a USC that, I mean, I'm, I don't know if they use it otherwise, but players end up getting like processed and they're either. Well, that's a really gross way of putting it. Yeah. Soylent green. They get put, you know, put out the pasture. The good thing is for players, like if, if someone wants to like, they're not going to play and they're maybe they're going to, maybe he's a senior and they're like, I'm not going to transfer anywhere. Uh, there's a rule in place that like they could stay on scholarship and finish their degree at Colorado and not count mm. as one of the 85. So that's sort of like processing guys out. So there might be guys on the roster that have just been there. They love Colorado. They're never going to play. And it's just better for them to sort of like, I'm going to stay in school I can hang out with my buddies on the team, but I'm not like 
uh, counting towards their 85 scholarship loan. So um, you can do that too. So I'm, sh- I'm sure that's going to happen to some of the guys. For sure. Some guys are in the portal and just not yep. doing it. Um, some other portal news. Uh, the biggest name to go in the portal from the conference. Washington Huskies. <laughs> so former five-star edge rusher, Savelle Smalls, a junior, I believe. Um, yep. Not He hasn't really tore it up there, uh, but he's from the Seattle area. There was some weird recruitment with him back in the day with some of the bigger programs like in the SEC that were interested in him. And there was some kind of sting operation or something. I don't know. There's some weird, but he's in the portal now. So that was like one of the big, the bigger name, biggest name on the West Coast, probably. Yeah, he, he's he's not done much of anything up uh, up in Seattle. So um, we'll see what kind of market there is for him. I, I don't know. I'd have to hear from some Washington people whether he's dealt with injuries and stuff, but he played 13 games last year and had 14 tackles. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'm sure he'll get a little bit of interest from the remaining uh, schools in the Pac-12 just because there will be some built-in familiarity with him. But I don't know if he's going to be the kind of um, coveted piece like he was out of high school. Yeah, it's one of those things. But sometimes it's just a change of scenery. Who was the uh, – the five-star like linebacker that would he go to Arizona? Was it Justin Flo? Yeah, Flo. Like right? Is he yeah. Arizona? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he didn't do a whole lot at Oregon, but you know maybe change the scenery. They like him there. Could be you know could be good. Um, Cal lost a couple a couple guys that didn't really play, but then uh, they added Patrick McMorris, who was uh, San Diego State safety, who was all Mountain West. So I think they had one other player too, but they you know so that's a significant add, right? So you get a one of the best players from a, the you know upper echelon of the Mountain West to come you know on your squad, so that should be helpful. Um, so we'll see you know we'll see more additions I think as you know the days and weeks go on. But this is really just a time for people you know you only have these two weeks to enter the portal. So um, USC lost a couple players, Cortland Ford, who was like basically their starting left tackle for a while, and then sort of lost that job. The end of the season, uh, he's in the portal. And then Josh Jackson, who was a wide receiver in a corner and someone I really like, but he just never really did much. Um, he's in the portal. They're, they'll probably try to add a couple of linemen, and they're in for, like I mentioned, Bear Alexander from Georgia. So that would be a big get if they were able to get him. He's a former five-star. Uh, Oregon, they had three guys go. I think there's some significant guys, though, like uh, Jaleel Tucker was a cornerback, was a redshirt freshman. Uh, he was a former four-star guy. They also had a former four-star linebacker, Keith Brown, and uh, you know, backup defensive tackle. So nothing, you know, too crazy there. Uh, Arizona State had like one of their backup offensive linemen, Danny Venezuela. Um, uh, Bennett Meredith was a redshirt freshman quarterback, but that room is pretty stacked, right, with all the guys they mm-hmm. brought in. So that makes sense. And another redshirt freshman defensive lineman, Robbie Harrison, entered the portal. Um, and Utah, uh, Kane Savage, the cornerback who played in 26 games, but it was mostly like special teams. And then he was a backup guy. He went in the portal and they did lose a potential starter and Clayton, uh, Isbell, the safety who looked like he was kind of, I think that was, he was the bigger surprise. They thought he would probably start this year. So he's one step on the end of the portal. And that's the, the ones I went through that I noted. I don't know any other ones or anything else. UCLA hasn't lost, um, Really, anyone to the I portal. didn't see anyone in UCLA's. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, there was there was a little bit of a snafu in the administrative office for UCLA because they 
so originally the transfer portal window was supposed to open on May 1st. Okay. It changed pretty late to April 15th. Um, and uh, there was maybe some miscommunication at a level with UCLA in terms of when they thought the portal was going to open. So guys who I'm, I'm, we're going to be doing quick roster checks basically every practice from here on out because oh. they've still got two more weeks. Because guys may have been told, oh, yeah, you can enter it after spring ball is pretty much over. Um, but, now might have to speed up their timelines if they're trying to get out. Gotcha. So we'll see. Uh, but nobody had – so portal opened on Saturday. All accounted for Saturday. There was one backup DB who's gone, uh, who's not at practice that we can see. But uh, he also may have been nicked up earlier in spring and is just not out there. Um, but all major contributors are accounted for right now. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's for UCLA where you're doing spring ball late. Um, like for the teams that had their spring games this weekend, the spring game happened, the portal opened. So if you didn't think you got you yeah. know, enough run, like you can go. But you're going to have to make a decision in the middle of spring, right? Which is tough because, you know, if you're, college athletes are positive thinkers. You know, they're all thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I just need some more time and I can get these guys out. Um, so it's a hard thing to just kind of essentially, uh, you know, quit on that competition two weeks into the spring. Yeah. But for a lot of these guys, that might be the more prudent decision. Um, so it's an interesting spot. I I actually think, you know, UCLA might've served itself pretty well by scheduling spring this way, because some of these guys are probably going to stick longer than they otherwise would have. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Real quick, uh, big the Big Ten hired commissioner uh, Tony Petiti, who I've heard really good things about. Sort of like he's you know in the you know the uh, television space, but worked with um, you know in college athletics for a while. So yeah, that'd be interesting. The only thing for us, you know, here like obviously USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten, but if there's issues with the Pac-12 media deal. And the Big Ten comes calling to like an Oregon or Washington or Cal or Stanford or whatever. Now they actually have someone in place. Uh, before they didn't, you know, they hadn't hired someone. So we'll see. I mean, the the hard part for the Big Ten's already done, right? They've already expanded. They've already signed a mega TV deal. So be curious where he kind of focuses on. If it's expansion, then the Pac-12 is kind of may have to watch out. But I've heard from people that have worked with him in the TV world, and they just they were like, he's the smartest guy in the room. So um looks like the Big Ten made a, a, a pretty good hire from the people I've read. I don't know if you've heard anything about them, Dave. No, and I'm, I'm don't care. I'm sure it's just smoke blown up some TV exec's ass. I, I know. Just people that I've known for a long time that work in the TV space that like, yeah, I was running this event and he was the guy, the whatever producer or something. And I was like, man, he was just really good. And, you know, outside of like this wasn't like a Big Ten thing or whatever. But I don't know. So we'll see. But Big Ten has a leader again. Or they will have a leader again, so we might have to look at the expansion stuff closer, depending on what his philosophy is and all the presidents, what they want. And then uh, hearing Kyle Whittingham talk about he expects Cam Rising to be back for the season opener. So some optimism there for uh, Cam. And then, um, which I think is important, right? I mean, Utah's, you know, two-time champs. You got to see if he's back. They will need a quarterback. Like I mentioned, my buddy Ari Washerman and then some, I think other people contributed. They did a story on The Athletic um, talking about like which schools are best and worst at developing NFL talent. And they kind of broke it down for how many five stars did you sign? How many got drafted? Um, who did the best? Who did the worst? And then 
The five-star thing was the most interesting. Three stars is so wide. Uh, I think Ohio State ended up being the best with three stars because they don't get that many of them, so it's a smaller percentage, and a lot of them end up working out. But I thought the five-star one was interesting um, the most. And it's funny, the team that did the best with five stars is Stanford. They only signed six. Uh, this is a – what's the period? It's from uh, – let's see. I think it's from – let's see, 2019? 2009 to 2019. 2009 to 2019. Okay. Stanford had signed six, and five of them got drafted. So that's the highest percentage. And Clemson was up there. Arizona State was up there. Miami, Alabama, uh, but no one else in the Pac-12. But for Stanford, they only had a few. They, had, you know, Penn State had six also, but they and only four of them were drafted. So some of this is position dependent. So Stanford um, had linemen. Well, a handful of them are quarterbacks, and the amount of five-star quarterbacks who just go completely bust to the point where they don't even get drafted. I imagine that's pretty small. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's – and it's a small sample size. Uh, but looking at this, the the ones that stand out are Clemson and Alabama and Florida to an extent, but Clemson and Alabama. I mean, Alabama having 44. 44 signed, but 33 of them drafted. I think they listed 30 for five stars. Oh, sorry. Their zero looks like a three to me. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it was some – but still, like sixty nine or sixty eight percent or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Because um, that's a bigger sample size. <laughs> that's a lot of dudes, you know. Yeah. So the the evaluation and development of elite prospects, but this actually goes to something I've also said, which is um, being on a really good team helps you get drafted. True. On top of everything else, on top of your own ability and your own talent, it, being on a really good team and oh, this guy contributed to that success. What I'd be interested to see is um, from five-star to NFL pro bowler or whatever. Yeah, there's different metrics, right? Because that's the one I'd like to see because drafted, um, there's... and it it, There could be guys that didn't get drafted but sign and end up being like a pro bowler. Totally. Yeah. And and I would just... I think that might be a more telling thing for, um, you know, whether these guys are busting out. But... The real headline is the bottom 10. Right. Uh, by the way, Taylor on the, the chat says, I can't believe this is how I'm spending my lunch break. Yeah, either can we, Taylor. Thank you. you we, and, we love you, Taylor. You and the other 36 people that are watching us live right now, that's yeah. how you're spending your lunch break. Thank you for that. So the more interesting aspect for the five stars is the worst. Like, who's yeah, did yeah. the worst job? And you, um, you just know. You know who it is. The Pac-12 is well represented. Yes, and which schools? Okay, so the worst Pac-12 school. So Texas is the worst overall. 17 five stars, only four of them were drafted. That's 23 and a half. So, so, but, but the real headliner here is the number, is the number 10 team in the bottom 10 because USC signed 29, 29 five stars, only 15 of which were drafted. Yeah. F- just a 51.7%. Like That's UCLA, good- UCLA, as I've said for a long time, horrible bust rate. They're, they're, they signed nine and, and, and got four into the NFL. 29 and 15 is yeah, insane. That is bad. And you, some of that's probably like overranking some of the West Coast players maybe, but but that's no, a but bad the, development. But also too. it's um, in 2009 to 2019, what are we talking about? We're talking about... A lot of Clay Helton. Well, a lot of shitty coaching. Yes. Uh, bad Clay, Lane Kiffin. Uh, Sark. Really horrible period for Sark. And then that's, Clay Helton. Yeah. So you had horrible development. You had limited success. And... Um, 
maybe some bad evaluation on top of everything else. They're getting guys. And you get the self-selection thing going on, which is if you are a five-star who is relatively unserious, you're looking at Alabama or USC. You're like, eh, I might have more fun at USC, so I'm going to go to USC Yeah. Um, during that period. But if Not, I want to like get drafted, I'm going, I'm to, going Alabama. to Alabama. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you run into some of that, too. But, uh, yeah, the, the three Pac-12 schools on that list are UCLA, Oregon, and USC. Oregon's is a little unfair. They only signed six, and three uh, were drafted. So I right. I don't – I wouldn't put too I much mean, stock in They got in that two one. more guys drafted, and they're the number one spot, right? So yeah. there's – yeah. Um, this should have been probably like a minimum five stars signed of like, I don't know, nine or ten or something. Yeah. But there's, I mean, there's not a lot of schools that have signed five star players, so it's, I guess, it's probably harder too. But probably yeah, of of the bottom ten, USC by far has the most um, signed. LSU at twenty one signed and only had ten drafted, but and I guess Texas is up there with seventeen. But you know, that's the most. Like even in the list of the top ones drafted, only Georgia and Alabama had signed more five stars during that period from that list. Yeah, so pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we have in in seven minutes, as as David said before the show, there is a non-zero chance that a uh, technician is going to come here to upgrade my internet in the office and probably turn it off at the same time. Blessedly, yeah. well, knock on the door. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll do some questions and probably wrap this up. All right, we're back here on the podcast of champions. Um, let's see. Is it I think net neutrality? Oh boy. Yeah, you're you're on all over this one. All right. I had to read the this Monster is, Tiger thing. This is from our friend Thomas. Yeah, good luck. Al Aloha Kamayana. I could barely contain my excitement to listen to your most recent episode given the prolonged dearth of the POC uh, on the POC of content about Civil War generals. Surely, I thought David would point out that 2023 is the rare year when April 14th falls not only on a Friday, but also Good Friday. Who else except maybe Hitler Day would manifest the pure chutzpah to point out that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated not only on April 14th, 1865, but Good Friday as well? What it also means is that April 9th and 1865 also fell on Palm Sunday, providing a critical reprieve for Robert E. Lee of the Army of Northern Virginia to surrender to Ulysses S. Grant at Appomattox. Speaking of waving the white flag, by the way, I noticed on the last episode that David has succumbed to his own misanthropic cynicism regarding the fate of the Pac-12's next TV deal. Seemingly everyone from Pulitzer Prize winning journalists like Jason Shear to the conference's lunatic fringe masticating on Twitter continue to frame any potential impasse strictly in terms of dollars and cents, namely how much per school members receive. Such rhetoric may make for easily digestible comparisons, 30 million, 70 million, 1 billion, but the reality is that the Pac-12's problem isn't money, it's access. Reporters tend to gloss over the fact that Fox, ESPN, NBC, CBS, and even the CW have a trump card over Comcast and other seven dwarves, I mean uh, cable companies, namely retransmission rights. No, you aren't imagining things. Cable subscribers don't just pay a boatload of money to sub subsidize bloated local sports channels. They also underwrite the uh, payments that DirecTV, Comcast, et al. cough up to carry your local TV stations the ones that can be found on the VHF dial for free. You heard that right. Cable subscribers have to pay money to get something that is available elsewhere for free. And while it might seem that such an arrangement is not very lucrative for ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, ION, HSN, and UPN, but in fact, the opposite is true. 
Being able to take the ball and go home when cable operators try to ro- try to lowball the subscriber fee paid to a subsidiary sports channel like ESPN or Fox Sports 1 confers leverage that paradoxically weakens the innate pricing power that monopolies like Comcast would be expected to have otherwise. Hence the reason that the Pac-12 would be willing to sign their Tier 1 rights over to the CW, Univision, or dare I say it, PBS, for no matter how much the FCC empowers DISH or Charter Communications to unleash the nuclear option of refusing to carry specific channels, the agency can't deny TV broadcast networks access to the all to the airwaves. But it does mean that our benevolent Comcast overlords can pull the drawbridge up on Apple TV and Prime Video, leaving both Croesus-wealthy tech companies with no logistical way for customers to view them. Curious George's problem, therefore, isn't getting the suits in Bristol to pony up for Pac-12 after dark. His challenge, indeed the conferences, is that they have to find a way for the princes of the streaming world to want to use women's basketball to justify two investors renting a piece of shit condo that just so happens to be built on the electromagnetic spectrum equivalent of beachfront property that doesn't involve doing acid with Bill Walton. Or perhaps more accurately, Commissioner Klyavkov's dilemma isn't figuring out how to close the deal. It's how to not look like Larry Scott in doing it. I, for one, relish the chance to showcase our member schools by simulcasting Big Game and the Apple Cup on NPR or C-SPAN. After all, if the Pac-12 is really in that much deep shit, shouldn't there also be a pony in there somewhere? Keep it Ono Boys Thomas. Nice job, Dave. What in the fuck did I just read? I, I don't know. What did I just read? I'm, I'm not sure. Sound off in the chat. What the fuck did I just read? <laughs> I thought you read it very well because there was a lot. And you kept. Hang the, on. Let me go back to one sentence. You kept the pace. His challenge, indeed, the conferences, is that they have to find a way for the princes of the streaming world to want to use women's basketball to justify to inventor, investors renting a piece of shit condo that just so happens to be built on the electromagnetic spectrum equivalent of beachfront property that doesn't involve doing acid with Bill Walton. What in the fuck is that? I don't what know what that I means. What did I just read? I don't know what that means. I'm not sure. Uh, if the point is, which I don't know what the point is, um, <laughs> you, can, you can get linear television. By the way, by the way, everyone, yeah. that was written entirely in italics as That's well. That's true, too. On top of everything else, I had to read that entire <laughs> That's thing That's why in you italics. got the applause. That's why you got the... Because I wasn't even going to like look at this. I was like, I can't do this. Jesus. Um, you can get over the air for free. You can get NBC. You can get CBS. You can get Fox. Um, you can get the CW, right? Um, sure. Over the airwaves. But I feel like it's similar to if you're going to be on... Amazon or Apple is like, if you're going to watch something through that way, like, Oh, I can get that for free. You have to switch, like basically switch whatever you're normally watching. Like if you have YouTube TV um, and I want to get channel five, for example, YouTube TV doesn't have channel five here in LA. I could go watch channel five if I have an antenna, like, but I'm switching whatever um, app or I'm using on my TV to go from one to another. And I think people kind of get, you know, maybe they just watch Netflix all the time, or maybe they watch Apple TV, but they kind of watch what they watch, right? And if you have to switch, so maybe that's the point. I'm not sure, but I think there's a still an issue. Even though you can get it for free in your house, it's still hard to get to, right? Like it's not even. I get it; you can get it for free, but you can't get to it easily unless you're watching your antenna thing and you're flipping through the channels that way. If you normally do that, is that what this was about? Maybe not. I don't know. That's why I, I kind of focused on that. It was like in the middle part. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. That ruined my brain. You uh, 
Mark's going to help. He says, let me read it. Let me, it's going to take a minute for me to read this. Oh, absolutely no idea. Okay, it didn't take that long. Um, yeah, he's not sure either. But thanks, Thomas. Uh, thanks for the email. Appreciate it. Don't know. Yeah. I, I just feel like I'm not on that. My brain's not at that level where I could qu- quite get it. We do have uh, Mark in Vancouver, spring games against other teams. And so this has been a thing. Did we mention this last week? We might have. Um, I've heard a, a bunch of different podcasts. We did. We it, talked about it. We talked ago. about it. So I actually asked Lincoln Riley about this, uh, about, hey, would you be interested in playing a spring game against another opponent after USC spring game? And he, you know, he's like, you know, there's some, it was like good, bad, like, you know, he, he wasn't against it or anything, uh, but he says it's hard because you're, you might be in a different place where like, hey, we don't have a lot of defensive linemen and and maybe you have a ton of offensive linemen and some, you know, sometimes you're creating the spring game to sort of like, well, we need to focus more on like seven on seven because all the linemen are hurt or whatever it is. Like you're, you don't have bodies everywhere that you would want to. So it might be hard to kind of make that mesh with playing another team. Mm. Uh, but whatever, which I get it. Cause like you're trying to accomplish, it's not a game game. It's like, you're trying to accomplish something. And if you happen to not have any tight ends, like you're going to do something different or whatever. If like one position group is like Colorado doesn't have a lot of defensive linemen. So they might do something a little different, um, you know, this weekend, but, uh, Mark in Vancouver said, uh, hello champions to increase the excitement around spring games. Some teams are considering playing another local team instead of playing an intra-squad scrimmage. What are your thoughts on this arrangement? And he gives some potential options. So I'll run through these for you and then get your thoughts on the whole thing, David. Mm-hmm. Cal, UC Davis. They play too frequently. They actually play play, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's about Stanford and Cal Poly. They play? I don't think they do, do they? Don't they play like this year? Oh, maybe they do. Uh, Oregon and Sacramento State. Oregon State and Portland State. No, they play Sac State this year. Okay. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's okay. So Oregon and Sacramento State. I thought they've played. Maybe uh, not. Maybe? Yeah. Oregon State, Portland State almost certainly played. I would think they've played. Washington State, Idaho plays. For sure. I mean, that's like... Washington, Eastern Washington plays. Washington, Colorado, Northern Colorado plays. Yeah, Washington Utah, State, Weber State plays. Washington State, Idaho are like a five-minute drive from each other. Yeah, you know, these are... I, I think these are... They would not agree to these games. Yeah, because they may have them on the schedule. Utah Weber State. Did Arizona, Arizona just play Northern? U- is Southern. this a is this the joke? Mm. No, it's not really a joke. Is okay. it really? Arizona, Arizona Southern Utah. They played Southern Utah, didn't they? Maybe Arizona uh, State, Northern Arizona. They're contractually obligated to play like every other year. Uh, and then USC Northern Iowa. I think this is like a now you're moving to the Midwest yeah. conference. And, and UCLA then, Butler. Yeah. Gotcha. Got to play the teams in the Big Ten footprint. Keep up the adequacy, Mark in Vancouver. Love it, Mark. Thank you, Mark. All right, uh, this is the last one. This is from Eric in Sun Devil Country. Ooh. AI relegation picture. In the true spirit of David Woods having someone else do all the work, I asked Chat GPT to help with the relegation picture between the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. I asked for a hypothetical two-season round-robin tournament featuring all 24 teams from the Mountain West and Pac-12 conferences. Each team plays 12 games per season for a total of 24 games over two seasons. The results are based on the three points per win, like the Premier League. This hypothetical tournament was based on the strength of the team's 21 and 22 seasons. Attached are the win-loss standings and then the point totals for the new conference. So wait, now, Chat GPT is like an AI, it's like a writing program, right? It's a predictive text uh, AI system, yeah. 
But then you would need to feed in some sort of data as far as like what these teams were doing. So I looked at his data. It didn't make a lot of sense. Like, like the last two years, Fresno State's been good, right? Yeah. And they're predicted to go two and twenty-two. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure where this comes from. Yeah. Do you understand? I, I can't just sit here reading standings. Uh anyway, yeah. the top conference would be after two years. Washington, Oregon, Utah, USC, Arizona State, UCLA, San Diego State, Stanford, Oregon State, Colorado, Boise State, Wyoming. And the Mountain West would be California, Air Force, Washington State, Arizona, Colorado State, New Mexico, Nevada, UNLV, Fresno State, Hawaii, Utah State, and San Jose State. So they would have Cal, Washington State, and Arizona, Arizona getting yeah. relegated. Correct. Um, yeah, like I, I like this, but I don't, I don't know what data they punched in. Like this doesn't make much sense to me. Um, just the way it came out. Cause like, how does Fresno state go from like, I think, didn't they win like 10 games, like two years in a row and now they're two and 22 in the next two years? Like, I'm not sure. Um, but whatever, but yeah, I thought the chat GP, like it was sort of like, you have have to feed it data and then it can kind of come up with like, you can do like a game preview, right? Like, um, here's a bunch of stats about UCLA and their opponent, Utah and, Chat GPT will like take it and like write prose, like write a story, like a story essentially, like using the data that you fed into it about the the Bruins are coming in on a three game winning streak after defeating blah blah blah. You know, like they know the like the what happened in all those games, and it can kind of put it into a thing. If you do, um, like I do fantasy football, and CBS, the one of the leagues I'm in, they use CBS, and they we get this like game summary or you know from and it's it's written by the ai i think it's chat gpt or whatever um but it's you know it's like oh ryan's teams have you know gone four and one the last five weeks or you know just uses like stats but it like knows how to write them in sentences and put it together um i that's that's what it is right am i wrong on that i haven't i don't know if that's so chat gpt is like a conversation tool um like you can ask it questions Oh, and it'll spit back a response. You can ask it to do things, and it'll produce that sort of stuff. I don't know if there's an input for it because I think the input is um, the 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 people who wrote the program. They've allowed it to scour the internet for you know uh, as much data as it can you know fit into its model. Oh, okay, um, so it, it's looking on the internet for yeah. Okay, so that's ChatGPT. There there are other AI systems that do what you said, which is you can kind of dump in some inputs and then it'll produce something it's all dog shit it wouldn't be chat g it's something gpt i think but it wasn't maybe it wasn't chat yeah they've got other products but it basically you could write like i mean there are people are worried that you take away like journalist jobs right like some of the preview stuff if your job is so bad if you are so bad at your job that it can be taken away by one of these fucking computers (laughs) uh then maybe you should get a new line of work (laughs) nice but like some of the stuff, like we some write. of these, uh, like if you ask Chat GPT like a very basic question, like you can ask it like to finish a nursery rhyme, mm-hmm. like the correct way, and it's not going to do it. Oh. Like it's a dumb fucking system. Okay, but I haven't tried. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. But there are some people who are legitimately in fear of this thing, and if you are legitimately in fear of um, its ability to steal your job, then you're very, very bad at your job. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, if you're like a sports journalism, just writing like uh, AP style uh, sports journalism, then yeah, you might be worried about this. But if you're like writing in-depth features and you're like 
you know, putting your brain into it. Yeah. You shouldn't have anything to fear. Well, like part of what we do, like, and you know, when we're covering teams, like we're very hyper-focused on a, the program we cover. And so if Tracy's writing a story or Gerard, like it's, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of stuff about like, Oh, they recruited this guy who from this year, like there's stuff that you couldn't write as like a bot, but some of the stuff is just like, Hey, UCLA offered this guy. We need to write a quick story and get it on the page. And it's from a tweet or whatever. And I'm sure the robot could do that. Right. Like the, the AI program could just write, write about. Yeah, it could do it. Could... It just, it's, it can't do it particularly well. So, because gotcha. there's a way to write that story where it's at least interesting to read, where it's not yeah. just an aggregation of uh, a tweet. Yeah. Like you can get into, okay, well, what do they need and all that kind of stuff. Ryan wants to get off because got, his, his I, internet I guy is, his internet guy's coming. All right. right now. Well, we're going to wrap things up for David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. Bye.